Hello, and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable again today. Uh, joining me, as always, the venerable Rob Langevin. What's going on, man? I'm having really, really bad deja vu, but now I'm having a, a kid screaming in the background and an expert with us, Kev. So I'm excited to be here, and you know, we're going to talk about some draft styling for fantasy footy. I can't believe that you just called me an expert on live show. It's just so touching. Oh, you meant John Wallet, who's on the show. Holla, yes. you boys. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Ah, doing very well, very well indeed. We Fantastical. Just... <laughs> if that was a word, I'd agree. Uh, obviously, uh, we haven't really talked that much about draft on the show, other than when it's my excuse for not being great at FPL, because I'm much better at draft. So very pleased to have you on today to talk about that. We just did a mock draft, which we'll get into a little bit. But I'm actually going to start off with Liverpool. You are a noted Liverpool fan, perhaps less biased than I am with Tottenham, but just barely. We talked on the earlier show today about how Liverpool are going to fit the likes of Mane, Wijnaldum into a team that already needed to fit in Coutinho and Firmino in attacking positions. How do you think all of them are going to fit into that Liverpool side? Um. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I mean, Kev, I'm, I'm a little less bad with Liverpool than you are with Tottenham. I'm very happy with what Klopp's been doing this summer, and, and I do see the, the problem. I mean, I think some of this is really cover for the fact that uh, Daniel Sturridge has had some injury problems, you may have heard. Uh, Philip Coutinho is starting what? to have some injury problems. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a team that I think is going to play incredibly up-tempo. And I think that as you're chasing a trophy on three fronts, which Klopp is most certainly going to do, having, you know, been the bridesmaid twice in his first seven months, I think he's going to be chasing some silverware this year, uh, be it, you know, the League Cup, FA Cup, a decent run into the you know the top four of the, of the Premier League and and maybe trying to take an early an early run at uh, you know becoming the, the pace setter there and I think that they do that through speed I think getting Sadio Mane and is excellent you know I, I love the move to go out and get Jorginho Wijnaldum if there is a player on this planet that I love more than Roberto Firmino it is 17 year old Jorginho Wijnaldum <laughs> in Championship Manager uh, come Football Manager and uh, between him and Henry Sadio that um, the uh, other French midfielder, uh, you know, the two of those gentlemen led my football manager squads to many a Liverpool Champions League victory. So I'm certainly hoping that the real life version can come up from Newcastle and, and cement himself in the center of Klopp's midfield. So if, if you were to rank them as from most ownable to least ownable, those those four, those five, who would you take? I would take uh, Roberto Firmino first um, in the ranks that I published on the cheat sheet of Playtaga, which you know, people can find at cheatsheet.playtaga.com. I think that I have him right up there, uh, number 12 overall. He's the first Liverpool player that I have ranked. He's the fifth forward that I have ranked. The only forwards I have ahead of him are Aguero, Kane, Sanchez, and Vardy. I know you've talked a little bit on other shows about uh, FPL salary cap, the official game. One of the major differences at Taga this season is we are using Opta's positions. We are not using the, in my opinion, terrible position classifications, which have only 67 forwards and many noted forwards ranked as midfielders. So Roberto Firmino, forward Liverpool, number one most ownable player, I think, this year in Taga. Wijnaldum, I think, still slots in at number three. I do think Philip Coutinho, just on raw potential, is more valuable there. Um, And then I have Sadio Mane, four, because I agree with you. I think it's going to be hard for him to break that 
uh, triad up front of Coutinho, Firmino, and Sturridge. I think he's he's the fourth of of three. I think when Yaldum slots into the center there, Emery Khan obviously uh, Khan is obviously in that midfield for the most part. And um, you know, I, I do like the departure of Joe Allen because it frees up some minutes, but uh, only enough that maybe Mane gets twenty six, twenty seven hundred minutes. A fine player. Listen, he's a he's a fourth round draft pick, maybe a third round draft pick. Guy showed that he can do phenomenal things in limited minutes at Southampton, but I think he is still the fourth most ownable player for Liverpool currently. Uh, is it five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes? How do you measure a year in the life of Liverpool? Uh, it is 3,420 minutes in the life of any Liverpool player in the Premier <laughs> League. And since we're not going to be scoring the FA Cup, the League Cup, uh, any other incidental competitions that Liverpool might accidentally stumble into this year, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I think you really need to assess the, the minutes because uh, so much of of value is particularly in the draft game uh, is predicated on uh, being on the pitch mm. talk about love by the way if you just listen to my bits that was all rent jokes so you're welcome three listeners um <laughs> all right uh hey, hey I, I understood it i, I know you do i know you do because we've randomly talked about operas and musicals on the show for yes, no if anybody, reason if anybody wants to know a random tidbit about a smoky uh he, he likes musicals yeah, and I doubt anybody at this point doesn't know, but I went to school for vocal performance and did opera, so we we are weirdly classy on this podcast, despite you know how we talk and our friends and classically trained. Yeah, you're a classy, you're a classically trained sing- singer, and I'm a classically trained a hole. <laughs> John, what are you classically trained in? I did actually sing, albeit not very well, in uh, choir for yeah. six years. Was yep. it show choir, not normal choir, that. madrigals? Um. The kind where we all stand in front of the piano in, in a large hall and sing primarily uh, church music. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. In, yeah. In blackface? So that kind. No. In, in blackface? <laughs> no. Probably no. not. Full gospel I'd, style, I assume. Lots of, hey! <laughs> I assume. No. Oh. Take me to the river where's stuff? The, where's the edit point in this? <laughs> Uh, there won't be one. We are way too lax oh, on this fantasy it. show. So, here's my question for you guys, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm asking this in all seriousness. Mm. Do you think that the Liverpool situation is more difficult for assessing fantasy value this season, or do you think the Manchester United situation is Liverpool more difficult is more for assessing difficult fantasy value? Liverpool is more difficult because I've given up on Manchester United. Did, did, you, did you actually listen to our podcast from this afternoon? We actually had that. I said that I think, I think Liverpool and United are basically like on par with each other as – Especially when, because we we got into a little bit about the the po- possible Pogba signing, and how it basically muddles up everything. See, I like the Pogba signing because at least you know Pogba is going to play three thousand minutes, right? True. I mean, yeah, yeah. the reality is it adds him to like the list of two players that are phenomenal. Because right. uh, however you pronounce Heinrich's last name, that guy's going to play all the time. You know that Latin's going to get twenty Mictarian. So there yeah. we go. Heinrich Mictarian's going to play minimum twenty eight. To three thousand minutes in the league, you know this Latin's going to get about twenty seven hundred minutes. Rashford's going to get about twenty seven hundred minutes. Rooney's going to probably get about twenty eight hundred and fifty minutes, right? So those guys are all in there for that. And then what this allows you to do is completely write off Memphis to pay, 
buy Anthony Martial at a discount from other people that are concerned about his playing time and or ignore him because anybody that jumps up and takes him in the top 10 now, I mean, if you're taking him over Ryan Mars, if you're taking him over Eden Hazard, like I, I want nothing to do with him at that value point. Would I take him ahead of Gilfie Sigurdsson? Yeah, but like that's right around the break point for me now. Mm-hmm. And I, so I love that. I love Pogba coming in. I mean, I think it's phenomenal to say nothing of the fact that Pogba is basically like Pogba's poster boy, right? The same way Angola Conte was last year. Like Paul Pogba is going to have zero value in traditional fantasy Premier League. And Paul mm-hmm. Pogba is going to be a nailed in top 10 pick in Taga. Yeah, I actually had him in my notes already where I was going to go out on, on a limb when we're comparing the two and say that Pogba is a top 10 Taga player right now. I think he's a top yep. seven pick. I'll even go better. Hmm. All right, who's your top seven? My top seven would be you always got to have guys that score the score the goals or pass the ball, pass the goal, pass the ball to the goals. So you got to have Aguero, Kane, De Bruyne, Payet, Otso uh, Mares, and then Pogba. There you go. There you go. So you're putting him, you're putting him right in there, like Eden Hazard level, like Christian Eriksen, Roberto Firmino, Romelu Lukaku. Like he's right in that level. But yep. for anybody that plays salary cap, when they're looking at the fact that Pogba is probably going to cost eight million pounds, they're all saying, well, for what? For three goals, two assists, and seventeen way yellow cards? It's a much worse situation than. You I think just he's going to be double digits. I, I think, think yeah, he's yeah, coming, I think in, he's coming in at ten or eleven. Yeah. And he's super not worth it. Your your point is definitely well made there. Um, actually, we well let's let's cut away from that for a second. And uh, first of all, John, I know each year you like to check in with me to see what my favorite stat is. Um, I do before each season. Uh, this year, I'm trying something a little bit new. Going with total touches. Really? Yeah, I'm just messing with it a little bit, and I'll tell you the the horrendously designed ICT index. Which, by the way, the Premier League put out an official page explaining the ICT index. And the one thing they failed to do on that page was actually explain the ICT index. They were like, these are what they stand for. I was like, how are you getting them? Did they at least make it it green? Because at least if they made it green... They they made it Barney colored. Dark purple and bright green. They nailed the Barney coloration. Um, But anyway, if you look at that, a lot of the same names are appearing on both lists. um, Including like Simon Francis, who had the second most total touches in the Premier League last year. Now... Do Bournemouth have a good enough defense to like warrant taking him second? No. But like a lot of times when we talk about these stats, it's about tiebreakers. And if you have a couple players you're looking at, now I'm looking at uh, total touches because you have a player like Daly Blint, who was sixth in total touches last season. But he didn't rank that highly because he kept being listed as a midfielder. But uh, Rob brought up an excellent stat. I hope you have it at the ready because I'm about to throw to you uh, about the number of points more he would have had last season. If yeah. he had been classed as a defender, he would have been the second highest scoring defender in FPL. Yeah, he would have had 36 additional points on top of his midfield scoring. So he would yeah. have been, I don't think he would have been two. I think he would have been in the top eight. I think he would have been in the top I eight. I, I thought I did the math. I could be wrong. Well, we won't update you on that. We'll say we will and then we won't. But anyway, so players like that I think are really interesting. But another very interesting thing that we did this week was use Taga's mobile draft app, which is super neat if you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> One downside is the situation where I needed to use it, which was when I was away from home, also meant I didn't have my notes with me, which, brace for all the complaining, uh, is the reason I had the worst mock I've ever had with this group of people. This was the worst oh, theme I've concocted. That, 
That's the reason. That's the reason, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> hey, man, is it? It has to. It's not coincidence that the worst one I ever maybe, had was in a different thing. You don't think that maybe you've put yourself on the highest cloud possible for the longest time with draft style, and that everybody has actually made cloud machines to catch up with you? I can't. I can't hear you over all of these second place finishes, which is a weird brag to make. <laughs> Um, and, and in this day and age, you're bringing up second place, and everybody gets a medal now. Everybody gets a medal. Hey, man, it's better than Arsenal's fourth, so it's fine. Or Liverpool's Liverpool's not. Oh, never mind. <laughs> we, hmm. I mean, we, get a, a, we get a fan, participation medal every season. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. <laughs> also, it's, but it's, this is a weird aside, but I had to sit down to start my Premier League preview stuff, like for the actual Premier League, not for fantasy stuff. And for the first year that I can remember, I have no idea who the favorite should be. Like, even a little bit. Like, there, yeah, there, it's a fair there are question point. marks it's, about It's absolutely everyone. a fair point. I mean, the reality yeah. is, like, there's going to be... I think this season, maybe it's not the quote-unquote the reality. In my opinion, this is going to be the season that somebody just completely runs away with it. And, like, we have, uh, you know, just a post-to-post champion. Well, they could. So whoever jumps I mean, if out... if United yeah, get Pogba and it works day one, they're fine. City, I like their squad less, but I like Pep more. Chelsea were, what, they finished 10th last season, I want to say? Can nice. they vault? Yeah. Can they vault all the way back up? But then again, last year, would you have thought that they could have dropped all the way down? There's just so many question marks. I don't really love Arsenal, but they they strengthened in central midfield, which is where they needed the most help. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and I mean Tottenham. Tottenham certainly capable of challenging if they can keep their legs fresh and their heads about them. Mm. Liverpool's not going to have any distractions this year. Is like. All about getting mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp primed to take a two or three year run, sustained run at making Liverpool title, you know, title contenders, yeah, and that could absolutely. happen a year early. I mean, if if Mid-Tap really comes in and is playing well, if Wijnaldum and Mane are, are able to mesh with the Brazilians that we have in our squad, that that team's primed. I mean. The reality is there are seven, maybe eight clubs, and depending on where you decide to rate, you know, West Ham United, Southampton's chances now that uh, Ronald Coleman's out and they brought in yet another manager, you know, where you look at Leicester's chance of repeating. I mean, all of a sudden the top half of the EPL is incredibly competitive, and that's why I think if somebody jumps out to a 6-0 and record to start the season, like they City have a very good year. chance. Yeah, but I mm-hmm. think there's a very good chance that you could ride that momentum mm. um, and, and just keep that 3-4-5 point edge going until the run-in, and then, you know, it's, it's always anybody's anybody's game unless you have a 10 point lead there and you know even then you can tell newcastle fans a 10 point lead and they'll you know remind you that that's <laughs> that's not always a guarantee and you know it's it's such a it's such a great league and i think that the addition of the um the tacticians that have that have come in the managerial personalities that have come in you know some of the big names that are coming in uh, and some of the future big names you know i think the guys that have been brought in by chelsea uh Bashoe is is going to be a Big name. I think the move of Nathan Redmond from Newcastle um, over to, excuse me, from um, Norwich. Uh, from Norwich over yeah. to Southampton is a phenomenally good move. I tweeted about that like as it was happening. I was just like, I was over the moon for Southampton and so angry that Liverpool hadn't gotten in on that. And One I mean, more Southampton, time, that Liverpool have bought a Southampton player that they've replaced that player with a better player. Yeah, abs- well, I don't know. I think I think Redmond still is in Sadio Mane's class, but I do think but that I would have rather have Nathan Redmond at his age with yeah. his talent for that price tag, even if you did have to include the sell-on fee, which is is a, is a substantial sell-on pr- um, percentage. And I think that people are finally getting wise to Southampton, and they recognize that if you know Southampton's knocking down the door for some of your talent, yeah, it's fine to let them go for what you valued them at, but if Southampton wants them, you know somebody else is going to want them two years down the road. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, so... 
Uh, thanks to my poor segueing, now we'll start talking about our target draft teams. I already got all my excuses out of the way, so I'll just lead in with mine. Um, I took, I, I, my usual strategy is to max out on midfielders. Um, two years ago, as John will know, uh, the meta was defenders because they were, what, what was it? It was like, uh, six through nine. So it was six points for an attacking goal, seven. It was eight through eight, nine, ten. Okay, so it was 10 for defenders. So I just yep. loaded up on defenders that goal scored and then kind of yep. rode that. Um, it's a lot more balanced now, which is, you know, congratulations on making a more balanced game. Uh, less awesome for me because I can't basically hack it. But um, anyway, uh, my team as it ended up at forward, I had Lukaku, Arnautovic, Costa, and Defoe. Arnautovic being a good example of what you were talking about earlier. Uh, in midfield, Mares, Ali, Albrighton, Fuguli, Henderson, and Gokan Torre. And defense, Smalling, Otamendi, Huth, Dan, Vertonghen, and a goalkeeper, Forster. Um, my take on my team is that I went way more risk than I usually do. I'm usually a very risk-averse player, uh, and I tend to go for consistency over potential. <laughs> that is obviously not what I did this year. I think we mentioned on this show before that I've always looked at midfielders a bit like outfielders in fantasy baseball, where loads of them are ownable, but it's really crucial to have at least two good-slash-elite ones. And in this draft, I got Mahrez and Ali, which is very dangerous. <laughs> the comp that I was thinking of is like taking Carlos Gomez and Starling Marte in the same draft, where you have the, all the, the power-speed combo potential, but also Carlos Gomez could do what he did and forget how to play baseball. So, because uh, Mahrez and Ali are both one-year wonders, right? So, I feel like that was a, a big risk on my part. Um, so, we'll see how that happens. I'm sure most fantasy players have heard the saying, you can't win a league in the first round, but you can lose it. I think I might be flirting with that line a little too much, uh, especially with Lukaku coming into my team as early as he did. But, as I said, probably the worst team I've had. But, um, a bad draft is going to happen to you at some point in one of your fantasy leagues. And you need to remember that even though it's a big part of your season, it's only part of your season. And you can make up with it. In, in this target system, you can trade, which is awesome. You have waivers and free agency. Uh, and in this format, you have incoming players that get put on waivers all the time. So like last year, what would have been a good idea was not wasting my waiver pick on Florian Tovan when Kevin De Bruyne came into the league a week later. That was a really bad idea. Um, but anyway... I, I did wrap up my draft with a lot of good defenders that happened to fall into my lap, which kind of saved my draft. All in all, I think Rob crushed it, and John drafted basically every forward, including Firmino. <laughs> but Rob, uh, talk us through your team a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was enjoying the draft process. I remember, if anybody's this is, they're new to this, the soccer format, uh, it's similar to fantasy football. You know, go in with a plan. Don't go in looking at names and miss, and if you miss, then just go completely you know lateral or you know bipolar on your roster and completely mess up stick to a plan same as fantasy football because it is fantasy football it's just with without the helmets uh so my so my team i uh, had a, a, a uh, ibrahimovic sturge uh, gray and victor fisher up top can't ask for much more than that i got great cover for daniel sturge injury when it when and if it happens uh you know zlatan is you know i'm expecting a lot but not Super lot in this format because I'm questioning what he's going to give give me in ulterior stats. Uh, so, but the cover of Andre Gray is is phenomenal, and getting Zlatan in round two, I'll take it. Uh, through the midfield, my first overall pick was I picked fifth overall. I got KDB. 
Uh, I backed him up with Seth Fabregas, Andre Townsend, and Juan Cuadrado through the midfield. On my bench, I picked somebody who's kind of like a staple, you know, can't go wrong, James Morrison. Missed a couple, lot of time last year, a few games, but he's still a staple for the West Brom. Uh, and on defense, uh, I got Virgil van Dyke, Toby Aldebaro, Charlie Daniels, Ashley Williams, on Andrew Robertson, and I picked uh, Kevin's cuddle boy, Kevin Vimmer. And That's then in a good goal, team. <laughs> and then in goal, I got the uh, I don't wear a bandana because my name is Steve Mandanda. <laughs> nice. Also, I don't know if you noticed when FPL launched, it listed him as Mandana, and like people already made fantasy names about it, and then they corrected it, which kind of ruined everyone's day. But uh. I, that's a really annoyingly good team. Uh, just just kind of talk to people through how you were looking at it. You already touched on go in with a plan. Are you usually going best player available? Are you going tiers? Are you going position slots? What are you looking at? For for the Taga format, I'm looking up top first for the first three or four rounds. I don't even look at defenders unless somebody falls into my lap. I think Virgil van Dyke fell to my lap in round four, I believe. Um, but... I'm always looking for guys who are going to put the ball in the net. Those are the guys that are the most elite guys that people are going to reach for. So that's why I went De Bruyne, Ibrahimovic, you know, Cesc Fabregas, first three picks. Because those guys are just, you know, staple fantasy assets. I didn't really go in with a plan. I kind of let the draft dictate to me who, who picks where. Because especially in a mock draft, you know, you don't actually know if people are drafting for real or drafting just because they want to be wise and say, all right, I'm going to take Joe Allen in round four because, you know, I think he'll do well in Stoke and he's the uh, Welsh Pirlo. But so I, I kind of play it by ear. You know, like I said, a lot of these guys, I just basically took the best available at some points. But I don't let the – I basically let the draft dictate who I'm taking and what my needs. And then I fill in later with the positions I think I'm short in, especially in defenders. Yeah, John, what do, what do you make of that? And then we'll get to your team here in a sec. Yeah, I completely agree with Rob. I think you need to go in with a plan. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot of my writing kind of anywhere you go on FPL sites, whether you're going to Yerma, whether you're going FPL Hints, uh, Fantasy Football Pundits, you're over at Taga, you know, any of those sites, you're going to start seeing our stuff cropping up. Everybody's jumping on draft this season. It's really wonderful to see. A lot of those sites are reaching out um, to us to ask us to come in and, and put some content on their site so their players can, can get educated. And I think perhaps the most important um, the most important thing is what Rob just said there, right? I mean, you need to have a plan. Practicing is a really good way to do it. If you go to... Um, our website you can you can download the app there is a there's not a mock draft but there is a practice draft feature and that having a plan will prevent you from bonking late on i mean like you don't want to be the fpl equivalent of david moyes just scrambling and signing Marwan fulani on <laughs> dreadline day because like you just don't have a better option you know i mean you don't want to be sitting there in your draft panic and draft Bastion Schweinsteiger like Bastion Schweinsteiger has no value in fantasy not even in draft you know I mean you need to understand you're gonna target guys that you like and then they're not gonna be there in this mock draft to Rob's point you know I think everybody really brought it I don't think we had a lot of people you know sitting there with egos trying to say look at me um I got the first overall pick in a 10 team league so for people who don't know if you draft first in the uh first round you draft last in the second round and it, and it keeps going around that way so after my first pick I knew I wasn't going to draft again until pick number 20 and I took a look at the forwards that are available and I was very worried that if I didn't take a marquee forward with the first pick there wasn't going to be a pair of forwards for me to take there and I was going to end up with somebody sorry Kev like Marco Arnautovic as my hmm. second forward I was going to end up with somebody 
um, you know, like Diego Costa and hoping that he stays at Chelsea and it's a timeshare, something like that. So I went Sergio Aguero um, 1-1. I left a lot of big scoring players, Ryan Mars, Mazet Ozil, Dimitri Payet. I left all those guys on the board. And I think it paid off. Um, I ended up taking Roberto Firmino with my second pick. So I went forward, forward. Uh, and then in the turn there, so I picked at number 20 and number 21. 20 was Firmino, number 21. I took my first midfielder, which was Rob Barkley. And I feel good about that. There were some other midfielders there that I would have liked to have, that I would have liked to have reached on. You know, uh, Della Ali still on the board there. Jorginho Wijnaldum still on the board there. Uh, Nathan Redmond still on the board there. But I think Ross Barkley is primed. I love what he's going to be able to do in uh, Ronald Koeman's system as long as, you know, he's able to, as long as Koeman's able to transition Everton's team into playing the way that he, uh, Koeman had Southampton playing last year. I don't see any reason why Barkley can't be, you know, the best of both worlds. You know, get the minutes of a regular player and then perform like Dusan Tadic does in his limited minutes and, and you know, make Barkley a top 10 fantasy player this season. Um, to Kev's earlier point, I did go forward heavy after that just because, again, I'm so in tune with the fact that forwards are sort of at a premium this year. Uh, late on, I saw Shane Long was still on the board. Shane Long is my pick out of two Southampton guys. I like him over Charlie Austin. So he's one of my flyers late on. I got him with the 101st pick. I did take Alvaro Negredo, the new signing, uh, the loan signing at Middlesbrough. Uh, I got him at 81. And I took Nolito. Um, you know, uh, I don't think that they're going to run a, a different formation of Man City. I think they're going to probably still stick with Aguero. Um, as a lone striker there, but I do like Nolito to slot in, um, you know, eat up some of um, David Silva's minutes when he's injured, eat up a lot of Raheem Sterling's minutes, you know, pretty much uh, relegate uh, Samar Nazri and Jesus Navas to afterthoughts and, and dominate that team. Um, and then again, I, I went after Simon Francis. I mean, I think that's a great defender to get in the middle the middle rounds. So my three defenders are Kyle Walker, Simon Francis, um, and, uh, and Cedric Suarez from Southampton. And, I think that with the forwards Cedric that I had Suarez, from Suarez, a.k.a. the 59-minute man. There we go. <laughs> what did that yeah, happen? Three is, times is, last year? Is Fuzzy year? Warbles on here? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get him on a show? Oh, was that his Let's get his Fuzzy ranting? on a show. Isn't he a Spurs fan? Oh, yeah, that was his. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah his, absolutely. What a great guy. <laughs> his 3,000-word diatribe on 59th minute. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Somebody, um, I don't know if you guys caught it, but during, uh, I think it was during <laughs> the Euros, somebody got subbed on the 58th minute and uh, Yerma Reiner, over at Fancy Yerma tagged Fuzzy and was like, could you please send UEFA a letter complaining? Just like, <laughs> I love that, man. It's so great. Um, but yeah, so I only I only took three defenders. And that's, be, again, that's sort of me drafting to how to, to my plan. I identified that I think forwards are, are at a premium. And I think that I can trade, to Kev's point, in draft you can trade. So I'd, I'd rather have six forwards be able to turn around and trade Nolito, maybe to somebody that doesn't have an extra forward, somebody who dra- uh, took Virgil van Dyke or somebody that took... Uh, um, to Kyle Walker, somebody like well, that. We'd we'd be actually again natural trade partners because I took gambles on Costa, Lukaku, and Arnautovic, all of whom have dangers. Yeah. Lukaku because he disappears in random matches, Arnautovic because he's not actually a striker, and Costa because he might be leaving. But like I said, a lot of really good center backs fell into my lap. And as Rob will know, I'm not usually a big center back guy. I usually like to fill my team up with wing backs, but end up with Smalling, Otamendi, Huth, Dan, and Vertonghen. Yep. So if at and some if- point in the season you went down a defender because if you only have three, you're, you're playing pretty short odds there. Absolutely. But let's say uh, Marcus Rashford comes out and it really is Rashford partnering slots and at the top of Manchester United's uh, attack there. And I could turn around, take my 14th round pick, trade him to you maybe for uh, Robert Huth or mm. Scott Dan. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get a starting forward on a, on a 
potentially high uh, octane offense. And I have my fourth defender, and right. I come out of the draft looking really good. You come out of the draft looking really good. We both made our teams better, and you know we're in, we're in a really good position after week three or week four of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um... I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray, and I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. We want to touch on a little bit for players that are coming in through the FPL side, which is a, a large uh, proportion of our listeners about players that are good in draft that are super irrelevant in FPL. Uh, I'm going to lead off talking about new Rob friend, <laughs> N'Golo Conte, finished 10th among Leicester players in the official FPL game, and 15th overall in Taga, which is an amazingly stark contrast, uh, in large part due to tackles and interceptions being counted, both categories in which he finished top by significant amounts. Um, and to a lesser extent, all defensive midfielders uh, in this system are more valuable than an FPL, but they're still less valuable than more adventurous midfielders. Um, so, like, your Dembele's are better than your Dyer's. Henderson, actually, that's an interesting point. What do you think about Henderson this year? Do you think he bounces back, or do you think he's pretty much done? Uh, I think he bounces back, but I don't think that he's going to be able to get more than 2,500 minutes. Mm. Um, and again, I do like that's why I like Joe Allen leaving. I like, you know, because I think that opens up a spot for Henderson uh, to keep the armband and, and to get some more playing time. But, you know, I'm not sure that Jordan Henderson is um, as good as Jordan Henderson have been and I think that Liverpool under Klopp is going to be able to go out and get players that are as good as Jordan Henderson's potential indicated he could be you know mm-hmm. and and unfortunately that may mean that he's uh he's a role player he's not the star on that team you know maybe some kind of similarly and this is not exactly an apples for apples comparison but somebody um like Mark Noble at West Ham you know West Ham does a, uh Mark Noble does a lot of things right uh he's a great you know um a great player uh, in in the system that he's in, but you know I don't think anybody's saying that Mark Noble is, you know belongs in the team of the season. And I think that if you you want to be the player that Jordan Henderson is supposed to be for Liverpool to be the linchpin of that side, you know you need to be a player like uh, like Mesut Ozil or, or like Ngolo Kante was last year. You need to be the linchpin in that side. Yeah. Uh, so admitting that Henderson might have a shortage of minutes, but nothing compared to last season. Would you rather have Henderson or Chan this year? I um, would rather have Emery Chan this year. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I don't think th- I don't think that I rated them that way because I, um, the ranks that I did at, at chichi.playtaga.com, those <laughs> ranks are based are uh, those ranks are based on um, a much more con- um, uh, a much more cons- like uh, less conservative sort of thing. Mm. Like if you're going into a draft, you want to take a guy that has kind of high upside, we say, you know, right? right? You want a guy that can score a lot of points. So, you know, while um, Jermaine Defoe uh, 
kind of uh, falls, right? Jermaine Defoe has a has a high floor. You know, he's going to score 10 goals. The chance Jermaine Defoe is going to score 20 goals is really low. So Jermaine Defoe is ranked 67th on the cheat sheet. Jermaine Defoe probably finishes this season somewhere around the 67th most valuable player, right? Uh, whereas somebody like like a Dusan Tadic, you know, Dusan Tadic last, might also finish somewhere around 67. But if Dusan Tadic is getting regular playing minutes, he gets 3,000 minutes. Dusan Tadic is a top 10, top 20 player. So we rate him that mm-hmm. way um, in, in the cheat sheet. Yeah, Rob, hop on in there. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I'm agreeing with John. You know, there's like to start with off of your point, like you said, there's there's guys in this format that not everybody's going to be accustomed to using if they're switching over from the official game. You know, guys like Ben Watson, guys like Andrew Sermon. You know, these are guys that are decent enough midfielders that you would never even roster in an FPL, you know, official game dot you know format. But in draft, they become more valuable because of the optus scoring and what they can do to a team. You know, uh, Yanam Villa is a is a perfect example of a guy who is completely unheralded in F, the FPL game. Wait, but, did he did his loan get? I think he reached the end of his loan. I don't think. But he was, I'm, I'm just oh, using right, right, as, for as last an example. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's the perfect example. He finished probably in the top 15 in scoring in midfielders, and you know he's probably an afterthought for you know the official game. But in the draft format, like John says, on Taga, he, he's he's somebody that you you would covet because when you take the advanced stats that they use and use the minutes that they're going to get, you you devise a plan to draft your roster based on what they're going to do for your team because because of the way they score their team. I mean, I, I love the I love the, the Taga format, and I basically love John too, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but I'm not afraid to admit it, and you know. There's there's guys that people aren't gonna know that are gonna sit on waivers after draft and someone in your league is gonna know what they're doing, and they're gonna pick them up right away. Yeah. Because they'll they'll understand what's going on. Because basically, if anybody who has a fantasy baseball background that plays a roto format that understands the undermining value of someone who scores points across the board rather than just puts it in the net and passes the, to the guy who puts it in the net, they're gonna be more advanced in this game than others will. Yeah, I completely yeah, I mean, agree. The, yeah. the thing I always say, like, I mean, look, I, I realize many, many, many more people are going to come to draft that do not have a background playing American fantasy sports, but all of them have seen Claude McAuley play football. And Claude McAuley was amazing on the pitch, and he was shit for fantasy. Yeah. So if you any player that you equate to having the McAuley role is instantly a viable player, whether that's mm-hmm. Polly Mendy, the the new signing in at Leicester, Emery Sean, uh, Musa Dembele. I mean, the list goes on, Good right? Again, Paul even. Pogba, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any of those players are are instantly more valuable um, in this format. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you mentioned Defoe earlier. Uh, he actually finished ninety second for you guys last year, and I think he ended up with fifteen goals. And Andre Ayew also finished quite low because while both of them are good at what Rob was talking about, about people that pass to the goal or people that score the goal. Neither of them are really contributing in other ways. And I think, Rob, you, you actually kind of hinted at your hesitancy with Ibrahimovic with that fact, that he will probably score yeah, a lot that, of goals, but how involved yeah. is he going to be in other aspects? Now, a thing that benefits him, aerial duels count, right, in this system? Headed goal? Duels. Oh, aerial, aerial. duels won. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that'll, that'll boost him up a pretty nice bit. What um, about th- what about third person mentions? Does that count as a stat? Stat like if, <laughs> if he mentions himself in the third person, does that get any mention? Oh, probably. So like, how many times does he say Zlatan per match? Yeah. I, well, first of all, copyrighted I, hashtags. I did the over under at four five and always bet the over. Um, but 
another player in, kind of in that mold that might matter again because it sounds like he might be heading to Everton and all of them are moaning about it because they don't know how to watch football is Adrissa Guy or now Adrissa Ghana because who knows why he changed his name midway through the season. He, he Melvin upton himself, but was a terrific player last season. Top 50, was actually ahead of him, Villa. And if he goes to Everton and gets consistent minutes, he's, a, he's another one of those players that p- plays a more defensive role but is so good at it that it still registers. And I, I think... Earlier when I said defensive midfielders have more value, but they still aren't that ownable, is kind of untrue. If you're a great defensive midfielder, you will still have value, mm-hmm. which I, I think is much better than in the FPL game, where, like you were saying, if you're an amazing central midfielder, but you don't get forward all the time, it's just going to punish you. Or even like a player like Musa Dembele, who does get forward a lot, but he's not ever going to be the one shooting, for the mm-hmm. most part. So, anyway... Uh, Adris Ghana slash guy. Another one that's interesting, especially if he goes to Everton. All right, Rob. Uh, Rob earlier today, we were talking about elves. We, we went with Keebler. We went with Lord of the Rings. You went with another thing. Hermie. Hermie the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. So, John, best fictional elf. Go. Uh, what's uh, Will Ferrell's name in, uh, in Elf? Interesting. Buddy? Buddy. Right? Buddy! I like yeah. Buddy. Buddy's kind okay. of my guy. I mean, uh, I like the I like the whole setup. I like the Favreau thing. I mean, that's probably the, the one thing outside of Almost Famous where I can stomach a large amount of Zoe Deschanel. Um, I mean, it's, it's all good all the way across the board. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of her without bangs? Um, it's weirdly dre- deeply troubling. Here, let me Google that for you right yeah. now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to go from Adrissa Guy as uh, possible transfer to Everton. By the way, yeah. if Everton – I just want to go on a two-second Everton thing. Go for um, it. If they end up signing uh, both uh, Gaye and Juan Mata from Manchester United to play with um, Romelu Lukaku and Ross Barkley. Barkley and Jerry D. That is and, and Jerry Duff, yeah, Delefe, like all of a sudden, like that's a front six that I want to invest in in the middle rounds of my fantasy league yeah. because I'm I'm going to dominate. I mean, that's that's a phenomenal side. They're going to get plenty of touches, plenty of opportunities. They're going to score 65 goals. You're not going to care that they you know lose every match three two or draw every match two two for fantasy purposes. That's going to be a phenomenal midfield and attack. Yeah. Also with Kuman, uh, their defenders are back on the menu. Mm-hmm. Because they will actually defend the ball. Um, I, I, I think I think Kuman can turn Jerry D into more of what Dusan Tadic was, with the same yeah, weird minutes caps or with the talent. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the same mismanagement of, of usage. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think, and I think we talked about this. Tadic's value goes way up because now he's actually going to get minutes instead of those mm-hmm. like random drops. Oh, and John, while we're um, Super complimentary of Taga. You get to set your lineups up to what is it? Fifteen minutes before kickoff. Five minutes. Every five player minutes. walks five minutes. So if your guy kicks, if you're if you have one player on your team that kicks off uh, in the early match on Saturday, only that team kicks off. Let's say it's you know it's a United City match. Only the United and City players lock. You still are able to move all other eighteen teams worth of players around in your roster. Add them from the waiver wire. Drop them. Change your tactics. Whatever else you need to do. And that's right up through Monday night. I mean that number gets smaller and smaller as the weekend progresses. But if on Monday night, uh, you know your your star striker is a late scratch, you can go to the waiver wire. You can pick up his replacement. You can slot him into your starting lineup. Nice. That's a great. That's a great tool right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it works out really well. Um, it's something people are typically very happy about, very complimentary about. Uh, and, and, you know, honestly, it's something that we felt really strongly about. It's one of the features that uh, it took a little bit of time to implement to make it work well. Um, but we're really happy that we took that time. Yeah. yeah. And let me just tell you, uh, I do think that with respect to Ms. Deschanel without bangs, uh, she looks kind of like the girl from the town, the woman from the town who's also in the BFG right now. Uh, she's one of the voices. What is her mm. name? Is that Rachel Harris? Yeah, she was also in The Prestige. Yeah, I know. Yeah, talking. what is her name? Wait, her so name? then Jessica Biel was Hall. in The Illusionist? She looks like Rebecca Hall. There we go. No, Rebecca Hall was in – yeah, there was those two um, the two movies that Prestige came out Prestige and The, the Illusionist. Time. And I think Jessica Biel was go. in The Illusionist and then that yes. one was in The Prestige. Yes. Man. There you go. No, okay, so wait. Yes. yes. Rebecca Scarlett Hall, Johansson Rebecca was in The Prestige. Yep. Man, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with a very touchy saying, which is they all look alike. And it's white brunette actresses. Uh, couldn't couldn't do it. Another weird one that I have, I have problems with is uh, Matthew McConaughey and um, uh, uh, Owen, what was his name? Owen something? Owen Wilson? Yeah, Owen I can't Wilson? do it. I, I literally can't. If you, if you did like the blind Coca-Cola Pepsi taste test thing... And it was just pictures with no names, like not from the movies they're in, but just like random pictures of their face, like headshots. I get it wrong like half the time. I, I can't do it. Am I racist against white people? That's an uncomfortable place to be in. Um. Yeah, so so anyway, John. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, fantasy. fantasy brunette draft, Rob. Go. Allison <laughs> Brie, um, number one overall. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Kate Winslet. Okay. All you right. Alison Brie. You went Alison Brie. I'm kidding. Overall. Yeah. I, I I was kidding with Kate Winslet. Like, it's I, it's, it's, Kate, a, it's a it's a very Alison Brie one is like Riyad Mahrez one. The upsides there. Yeah. Uh, it's just, oh, you're not going to get a single. You're not going to get any argument out of me whatsoever. Yeah. I, that, I would have taken her at number three. So yeah. yeah. Uh, take, so I'm going to have to go. I didn't. I didn't want Winslet. I want Kate Beckinsale. Okay. I can respect that. That's totally fine. Um, you gotta give I'm you gotta give us one, man. Yeah, I want I want to take um and, and her name is escaping me right now, but I want to take the um the girl Olivia who played Vesper in in uh, in uh, Casino Royale, Casino oh. Royal. Um, but I'm dum dum. Casino oh. Royal. Oh uh, wait, is it Ava Green? Um, see, this is Ava yes, Green? Yeah, Ava yeah, Green. Yeah. There we go. I'll take Ava Green at number three. Mm. My team's my team's shaping up nicely. If you want to, if you want to look up Ava Green, <laughs> do it with Safe Search on because she has done more roles naked than she's done clothed. That's not a judgment. That's just fact. <laughs> well, so so have I. In all fairness, I mean, yeah. All right. Every yeah. movie I've been in, I've been naked. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. Ha- I don't have a problem with full front though. You well, know, I would have you gone know, with. I- I've never done a clothed role. My my first role in the movie, if it dangles, let it dangle. Oh I, right, I was, yeah. <laughs> it had a great Metacritic score. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes loved it. <laughs> oh man! Oh, this is a, just an aside because apparently this is just where we are in the show. Uh, I hadn't watched Batman vs Superman yet, and just watched mm-hmm. the three hour version, and it reminded me of my high school papers, like book reports, where you just you already wrote like four paragraphs. But you didn't know where they were supposed to go. And so you just like cut mm. them around just so all of it's in there. That's what that movie felt like. There were just random scenes that are just like, mm, I don't know where this goes. I'll put that here. 
he's in some weird future where Superman's evil, whatever. That was that was a really poorly made film. The whole movie was a giant uh, commercial for all the movies that are being released in the next five years. Yeah, but that, so was Avengers, but at least that was like palatable. Like Avengers 1 was fun at least. Like yeah. this was just like weirdly dark and they turn it around because their moms have names and that's the last word he's going to utter. That's some pretty, that's some garbage writing. I'm just going to say it. That was not Wait. well done. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know, man. Anyway, so John, any uh, more drafty thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm. Listen, I think that if if you're going to do draft for the first time, get a good group of people together. Mm. Make sure you have you and seven friends. Do it with eight people, ten people. Do it with twelve people. The more people you get involved, the better it is. The more banter there is, the more people are active, the more trades that can happen. And not only that, but then. In, in draft format, everything is head-to-head. So I'm playing Kev one week, I'm playing Rob the next week, I'm playing the guys from uh, the AI Fantasy Pod. You know, that's a, that's a great thing. You know, you get a little bit more variety in there. Smaller leagues can be really fun. They're hyper-competitive. But every four, you know, you're in a four-person league, every month you're playing the same t- four teams, and then you're just resetting every month. Again, for some groups, that's that's really hyper-competitive. That's it's super fun. But for I would say for most introductory players, people that are just coming over to draft the first time, a little bit of a larger league is a little bit more fun. Yeah, I'd agree. And tell the folks what they win if they get 11 friends to join a league. They get the right to be the commissioner? Yep, and league? also a lower chance of winning their league, though. <laughs> That's true. You guys, you have the very high probability of getting the Kev DeVries Memorial second place trophy. <laughs> uh, we will tweet that at you. You can, uh, you can pick it up at your snap local it and put your own name across it, and that'll be great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you tag Kev at KevRob on Twitter, I'm sure he'll send you uh, your, his condolences. Yep, and just be like, oh, yeah. That's fair. To be fair, I was significantly second this year. Like, Mike Phillips just ran away with it. I, I had Mike that Phil- yep. I had that Tottenham-esque push. It was around the same time, so I was tweeting about it, where I had I beat him head-to-head. But I still needed to make up, like, three games in the last five weeks. And if people want to know, Mike Phillips um, is not only uh, a player that plays in the Taga Premier League, which is uh, our top expert league, which is a 12-team league. Mike Phillips was also the person that won the overall season prize in oh, August did Perfect he? 11, Perfect which is 11? our weekly game. Screw him, The guy <laughs> dominated both of our fantasy games last season. He participated in the 10-team expert mock draft that Rob, Kevin, and I did uh, this past Sunday. The results of that are going to get added to our uh, our draft kit. Oh, so it'll be a, the cheat sheet, oh, the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll, be 12, it'll be 10 experts in uh, reigning PXI champion Mike Phillips, including Mr. Smokey Lugie, including Mr. D. Kevrov. Uh, my fantasy gaffer side is in there. Um, Neil Thurman, who uh, runs content for Roto World's Premier League coverage. Put in the uh, slow Sean's- draft stuff. Don't, put don't in the, do this one. <laughs> what did you say? Put in the slow draft stuff. Yeah. Listen, we're gonna put in this one. It's gonna <sighs> we're gonna include depth charts for the three most valuable defenders, midfielders, and forwards on all twenty FPL teams. Yeah. We're gonna rank people out in tiers. One hundred and ninety EPL players ranked out in tiers. One hundred and sixty players ranked overall in our overall draft guide. Just go get it. It's free. It's at cheatsheet.playtaga.com. Couldn't be easier to go get. Put in your email address. We'll email it to you in a nice little PDF. Yeah. Nice. That was that was a hell of a plug, man. 
Yeah. Did you, did you oh, breathe? Okay. Do you need like Jesus. some water? Do you need like a breather? Yeah. I, am I talking really fast? <laughs> it's like 110 degrees in the room that I'm in right now. You sound like I, the micro machines. You sound like the micro machines guy. <laughs> well, I apologize. So if it's I'm boxing, you need to, like somebody in that. your corner to like wipe you down. Yeah. Just like, oh, cut a me, little bit cut me. <laughs> for all the people in the back. Uh, yeah. Cheat Cheat dot They hold it. Um, well, yeah, very excited to, to obviously be part of Taga stuff again this year. Really wish they picked a different draft. Usually much better than this one's awful. Also, when I inevitably come in like eighth this year instead of second again, I might have to retire. Um, but second place is kind of my jam at the moment. So we'll see how that goes. Rob, you were kind of meh last year. Was uh, you going to do better? I was doomed from the jump. I drafted Hazard first overall. You sure did. That did not, that did, that did not work out. Nobody expected that. Such. You know, I mean, he was, the, he was basically the universal number one. He was, year. yeah. You know, so. Also, much like there isn't a, a dead set favorite for the Premier League, I don't think there's an automatic number one this year. No. Like, you can you go, go either a way. Lot of different like, ways. I like John's John's thinking. If you have the number one overall pick, that you know, if you if you don't take a forward with the first, second, or third overall pick, the the chances or likelihood that you're going to get a, a decent enough striker with the the second pick is probably slim. So I'd probably lean that way. It's almost like the whole wide receiver thing with the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And you know, some of that's fine too because you know you can get that first overall pick, and if you're looking at it like, no, I really want to play. Uh, you know, a four-five-one because I think there's good value, late value in attacking defenders. You know, some really good defenders, uh, high upside fantasy plays, guys like uh, Leighton Baines, uh, Ryan Bertrand, Nathaniel Klein. Those are high upside. Danny Rose. Those are high upside attacking defenders. Mm-hmm. You can get those guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh, even the round. And if your yeah. plan is to stock your defense with four of those players. You can absolutely take um, Mesut Ozil, Dimitri Payet, uh, Kevin De Bruyne at 1-1, take a perfectly fine forward in, like in the Lukaku second round, too, yeah. absolutely have Lukaku there at number 20, and then just understand that you're going to be playing five midfielders and four defenders every week. And you know, plenty yeah. of fantasy championships are won that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a very interesting format, and there's a lot more flexibility Within it, one of the, one of the big debates we always have is: is it a good idea to take defenders early or not? I I was a big early defender guy last year, which is why I took Kieran Trippier in the second round. Oh, whoops! Um, where do you think that that's landing this year? What side of the fence is that landing on, John? Drafting Kieran Trippier. <laughs> I, I, no, I, 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 I tried really hard to find a place for him in the top 160 overall, but actually your boy Vincent Jensen uh, ended up claiming the 160th spot. I was, <laughs> I'm not irrelevant. joking. It was a coin toss between Kieran, Kieran Trippier and Vincent Jensen. That's Just because I don't want people to forget about Trippier. I mean, if, uh, if Kyle Walker and Danny Rose go down, either of them, I think that Trippier has a, has a decent chance of stepping up and, and being a very viable... He may not be a great EPL defender, but he's going to be a very viable FPL play. Yeah, I was really more talking about defenders earlier, not <laughs> my boy Kieran Listen, I, I got slaughtered for this last year by, uh, by Andrew Laird. I, I hype defenders, uh, and Mike Gottlieb for two different reasons. I hype defenders early, which Gottlieb hates, and then I didn't hype Alexander Kolarov as one of them, which Laird could not stomach. So I got slammed both for Hyping defenders early and not hyping the right ones. Um, but if you, again, and this is not to, to pimp this again, but like if you look at my ranks, you can see the first defender I have ranked is uh, 
Hector Bellerin. He comes in at 19th overall. Um, the second defender I have is Virgil van Dijk. He comes in at 21. I have less than 10 defenders ranked in the top 50. Um, and one of them, Aaron Cresswell, at number 50, obviously just suffered a horrific injury and is going to be out six months at least. So, you know, high-end defenders, I think there's really good value there. I want to try and get one of them. Um, but as we saw, defender, defenders fall. And I was able to get Simon Francis, who we've talked about, you know, several times tonight already. I think he's a top 50 overall player. And in our draft, I was able to get him excuse me, at the 80th pick. So 30 picks later than his value. And by taking him 30 picks later than his value, I was able to jump up early at taking Alito, uh, take uh, Kazri from uh, the midfielder from Sunderland. And those are really good value plays. I mean, both those guys are going to end up starting for me. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's probably the way to go, you know. Yeah. Um, there are obviously, I mean, Guys, you know, we we talk about how good Rob's draft was. He took Virgil van Dyke at 25, you know, his third round pick. He right. doesn't come back with another defender until Toby Alderworld in the seventh round. Which right? is also and, a great pick. And that's a great pick there. Now he's got two solid defenders. He's only had to use two of his first seven round picks. And he's able to come in and take these other defenders, Charlie Daniels, Ashley Williams, um, Andy Robertson. Uh, the defender from Hull. You know those guys are those guys are viable starters. I mean, they could easily end the season. You know, as what we call you know defender three, defender four, a guy that's in the top thirty, the top forty at the position easily. And he's you know he's snagging these guys in the thirteenth round. He got Andy Roberts. I mean, that's that's an incredible value play right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like to look at it a little bit like catchers in baseball or quarterbacks in football, where they're like three or four that are really worth reaching on. But if you miss those. You can wait a while. I, I, I agree. Um, I And just like in fantasy baseball, I like to be the guy that's on the front end of what we call a run, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, you see some people waiting and waiting and waiting. All of a sudden, that first defender gets drafted, and everybody in the, in the draft room holds their breath because it's either going to be, oh, well, that's fine, and nothing happens, or it's going to spark a run, and three, four, five, six defenders are going to come off the board in the next 10 to 12 picks, yeah. and you don't want to be the guy that's sitting there going, oh, With my all best the guys defender is yeah, yeah. Chris Smalling. Uh, <laughs> Harsh. Was that out loud? <laughs> I, t- I took him over Toby, by the way. Um, you did. Which was, and Alberto that was Moreno. Tough. Yeah, but Alberto Moreno wasn't good at football. That was really and, what that and was. And Simon about. Francis and Danny Rose. I do love Simon Francis. Danny Rose is a rotation risk. I, 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 I had I had reasons behind it. Just uh, it hurts. It's I wanted Smalling more than Alderweireld, and I'll stick to that. But uh, I didn't want anyone else to have Toby. <laughs> uh, it's like an ex girlfriend kind of situation. I can't have him, so nobody should be able to have him. That kind of thing. No, that's fair, but I think you would. And and again, when the when the cheat sheet gets published uh, with with the draft uh, results in it, people will be able to see this really easily. But uh, Lauren Cassioni is sitting there, and you took Diego Costa at fifty eight, which I don't disagree with that pick there. But your team would look a lot different if you would let Costa fall. You had drafted Cassioni there, and then coming back later, you had tried to key in on one of the defenders that I actually one of the fours that I picked up in lieu yeah. of one of those center defenders. So if you had Alvaro Negredo or Shane Long instead of Scott Dan or uh, Odomendi from Man City, you'd yeah. probably and like I'd your draft a lot better. Yeah, which we kind of talked about at the top. Like right now, yep. I would trade a defender for a forward like before the season even started. Yep. Hey, you'd be in great shape. <laughs> I have two children, yeah. Yep. And they're both right outside the door. Nice. They want you, bro. <laughs> nice. 
Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to your children, what monsters we've been. Uh, but I know you've mentioned it a couple times, but tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Gaffer. You can find the Playtaga account at Playtaga, www.playtaga.com. Uh, we'll be live again very shortly, which is the web-based version of our mobile game. You can find our mobile game um, in both uh, the Google Play and uh, app stores. Uh, it is under Taga Inc. It is Fantasy Premier League. Um, you can just type in tog.ga front slash draft on your mobile device and it will automatically direct you to the right place and you can find all of my ranks you can find a lot of rob and kev's content you can find so much more at cheatsheet.playtaga.com or blog.playtaga.com where both these guys do their weekly ranks and uh, at least one of them routinely writes and uh, check out Rob on Razball because that guy is kicking it over there. Check out Kev on uh, – where are you, Kev? You had uh, the Eagles beat? Yep, yep. Check out Kev on the Eagles beat. I mean, check out all our friends. Fantasy is growing at an unbelievable pace. It's an amazing community. Really happy to be a part of it. Really uh, appreciate all the support we get from you guys and the AI crew. And uh, looking forward to seeing people playing this year. Nice. Cool, Rob. Should we plug our stuff again? We just well, did it like three well, hours ago. Yeah, well, I'd like to thank John for coming on. John, thanks for taking time out of your busy screaming kids and your uh, fantasy <laughs> football schedule. My pleasure. To, uh, to, to join us on our uh, our ever-growing and evolving fantasy podcast. Um, as John mentioned, you can find me at rasball.com. I'll have my rankings coming out for the Premier League, uh, the official site, coming out on Monday. Kevin should be should be helping me out. If not, he'll probably just get in the way and ruin it. <laughs> Um, or both. And you can, find, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie um, and basically lurking around neighborhoods. I'm looking for tin cans and, you know, things of sundry value. Yep, fair enough. He's kind of like a bird. He's always looking for bright, shiny things in the street. Um, <laughs> I'm at Kevroff. As Rob mentioned, we are going to do some co-rankings things. As John mentioned, you can find me over on the Eagles Beak. And I'm assuming we're still going to be doing ranks for Taga this year, yeah? Is that still a thing? Absolutely, yeah. Taga's the ranks are still a thing. We're going to be having uh, full content management with player notes, updates, all that live streaming, push notifications, live in-app chat. Dude, I mean, it's a, it's a community in one app. It's all football fans. Come on over. Yeah, this show brought to you by John reminding us to talk to people in the forums, which is always really rewarding, but I always forget to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, check out all of that stuff. This is the FPL Roundtable. Uh, very pleased that uh, we had John on. I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon. Keep it locked here, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace.